Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. What's your question for Governor Herbert? This is Let Me Speak to the Governor. And thank you for joining us. I'm Maria Shaleos, along with Governor Gary Herbert. And Governor, we have a number of callers on the line now and some texters as well. Let's check in with Alex in Riverton. And Alex, hi, what is your question today? Alex, are you still there? Okay, I am not hearing Alex, so I'm going to go up to Pete. And Pete, uh, well, Pete's not there. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to go to the... Going to the I'm paying the bills. I know, the commercial name. Just like taxes, we don't up, like right? them. <laughs> Governor, one of our texters wants to know what you plan to do with medical cannabis. You talked about medical cannabis earlier, but also they're wondering about what you plan to do with the opiate epidemic. You know, we just met, we signed actually a, a, a piece of legislation to heighten awareness. As some would know, I'm the past chairman of the National Governors Association, and we brought that up as an issue for all the states. And awareness is a big part of what needs to be uh, out there, so we understand the magnitude of the problem. And then the question is, what do we need to do about it? Uh, we had doctors involved in this discussion, and they say maybe we're prescribing too much painkillers, uh, a little more cavalier in how we do this. Uh, maybe 10 pills are enough, but we're prescribing 20. And uh, so uh, the judicial use of these pills is something that uh, the doctors think they maybe have a hand in, mm -hmm. making you have to come back and renew more often. Uh, the alternative ways to pain, for example, has been discussed about as other things. Uh, certainly marijuana is grouped into that uh, issue. Is, that, is it an effective painkiller and is it something she used as opposed to an opioid? Uh, those are discussions that are ongoing right now and uh, clearly something that on a national basis we're concerned about. We have also a policy in place here in Utah to take your unused prescription drugs and dispose of them. Don't leave them hanging around in your medicine cabinet and your drawers where sometimes uh, young people get to them and experiment. Next thing you know, they've got a problem, some substance abuse issues. And uh, so we're trying to make sure that awareness, education, and uh, better prescribing by our doctors will help us stem this, what is really an epidemic on opioids. And it is a complicated problem, that's for sure. Governor, we're going to try, try Pete's call again. And Pete, are you there now? Okay, I'm not sure what happened to Pete, why we can't hear him. Pete. Uh, one of our texters wanting to know about immigration and local police departments being able to collaborate with ICE. So what is happening in that area? Well, I don't know a lot about what the individual cities are doing with the municipal places. I know what our troopers are doing, certainly as we work with immigration and ICE. Uh, we're trying to be collaborative and cooperative. We certainly work very closely with the refugee program. 
We have a great program here in Utah for uh, accommodating refugees that come here that are fleeing terror. We have an opportunity to not only greet them, but to have an opportunity to kind of question and check their background. So we have kind of a second opportunity to have them cleared and vetted. Uh, and uh, again, we are a welcoming state on immigration, and uh, but there's a right way uh, to to come into the, the country, and that's legally. And so we want to en- enhance that opportunity. We're concerned about the dysfunctionality of ICE. That's a congressional need. Again, this is an issue we've been talking about since Ronald Reagan, for heaven's sake, and we don't seem to have a handle on it yet. So that's a a flaw in Congress. We need to put their feet to the fire and say, you know, fix it, secure the borders. That's what everybody says, secure it. Mm -hmm. And I say to them also, it's not just a wall or the gate, or excuse me, the wall or a fence. It is also the gate, and the gate really is not functioning very well. And so that needs to be addressed too. So we try to be collaborative. Uh, we enforce the laws, and I think that's uh, as a rule of law state and a rule of law country. That's what should happen. Let's take a call now from Richard in Salt Lake City. Hi, Richard. What is your question for the governor? Obviously, this is a problem with our phone. So we will just take the texters right now. Um, one of our texters wants to know what you plan to do to raise Utah workers from the bottom of the per capita income levels. Uh, we're known as the call center for job state. Is that true? Well, we have a number of call centers, and so I guess to the extent that we have that as a sector that's been successful and is growing, I guess that's true. But if we're trying to act like that somehow our personal income is not on a par with the rest of the country, our household income, which is really a better way to measure it, is not on a par with the country, that's just not true. In fact, our household income is probably in the top 15 in America today. Our personal income is one of the fastest growing personal income increases in America, probably over 5% per year. Uh, We see salaries and income going up on an individual and household basis. We sometimes score low on per capita because we have more children. Mm -hmm. We have a higher birth rate. And so uh, it kind of skews the numbers and does not accurately reflect the health of our economy. But I can tell you there's 49 other states wishes they were where Utah is right now and certainly liking the trend. So the best thing we can do for people who are impoverished, in fact, is to give them a job. And again, it may be the lower rung on the ladder, but that's the first step. And as we talked about earlier, based on outside reports, whether it be the New Yorker magazine or the latest uh, report from Bloomberg, says that upward mobility is better in Utah than any state in America today. So if you're at the lowest rung of the ladder, if you're kind of in the, below the poverty level, in Utah you have a chance to move from the lowest rung to the highest rung. In fact, your chances are about one in nine of going from low to high in Utah. That's how good it is here. And we've also been recognized by U.S. News & World Report here recently of having the largest middle class. And when you look between Ogden and Provo on the Wasatch Front, for example, our middle class is exceptionally good and large and growing. Again, referencing a good, healthy economy. So we're giving people jobs and opportunity. As with Speaker Ryan uh, and the congressional delegation here not too long ago, and Speaker Ryan said to us, guess what? Guess what state is lifting people out of poverty better than any state in America today? And they said, who? Utah. Utah is getting people out of poverty. We have about a minute and a half left here, Governor. One of our texters asking what the possibilities are for a future Olympic bid in 2026. Well, a lot depends on what happens with the IOC and uh, probably the Summer Olympic bid of 2024. 
if Los Angeles gets the games, I would expect it's going to be hard for us to have the winter games in 2026, having it on the same continent. But then who knows? IOC is trying to reinvent themselves. They know that the, the cost, particularly for hosting the Olympic Games, has gone out of control. The summer games are billions of dollars. The winter games are a billion. The good news for us here in Utah is mm-hmm. we don't have to build new venues. We have them. And have taken care of them. Have taken care of them. We have to maybe refresh them, give them a little bit of an update and a new facelift. But we're ready. We have convenience. You can fly into Salt Lake International Airport. You can be to the venues. We've got roads. We've got uh, hotels. We can accommodate the world better on the Winter Games than I think any place in, in fact, the world. But we'll have to see what happens with those Summer Games, and then we'll have to react to that. Okay, Governor, as always, it's been a pleasure having you here today. Thank you for joining us. We'll, you'll be back next month. I'm counting on it. I'm counting on it. All right. Thank you, Governor. Thank you. And you've been listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor.